14 DFS MVP alongside our director of DFS for 444.com, TJ Hernandez. I'm Holden Kushner. TJ, Mike Jones with the hits today. Yeah, the uh, the old back then from Mike Jones from his 2005 album, Who Is Mike Jones? Uh, this When I was in, in college, this was at the peak. And if you, t- to this day, if you're around my age, if you hear the name Mike Jones, you respond with who? And if you hear the phone number 281-330-8004, you know exactly what song it's from. If if you like that or any other of the songs we play on here, uh, you can find them on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify, search DFS MVP. All of the best intro music in the world is on there. Yeah, just to add to your uh, comment there, if you ask anybody <laughs> 10 years older or younger, who is Mike Jones? And they say who? Because we have no idea who the hell he is. But that's the correct response. So you're automatically in, you're automatically in. Hey man, we got uh, <laughs> we got our week fourteen plays and our red zone EV update. Real mm-hmm. quick, tease that after we give our plays because the game theory segment uh, sets this podcast apart. What are you going to give us with this red zone EV update? Uh, in short, it's going. It takes uh, red zone volume and quantifies it into an actual expected score instead of just looking at uh, red zone red zone volume on its own. Basically, a target from the twenty isn't the same as a target from the one. Over the past couple of years, I've done some work quantifying those numbers, and we're going to look at the the players that have actually seen the most scoring opportunity in recent weeks. I uh, also want to remind you, we got our DFS MVP promo, 25% off. I mean, we still got six, seven weeks left in the in the DFS season. Mm-hmm. So after the price dropped to 39 bucks, that took effect already. That is, that's dirt cheap, man. Yeah, I mean, $39 for, you're basically getting two months of value still. We're going through championship week. Uh, we're in week 14 now, so we have four more weeks of regular season, three more weeks of decent-sized slates in DFS. And we're going to be here till the end with all of our lineup generators, all of our tools and projections. So that thirty-nine dollars uh, for for those that are that are redraft only feels like it's the end of the season, but we have a lot of time to make money in DFS still. Yeah, I mean, if you lost, uh, let's see here: Kareem Hunt, Emmanuel Sanders, James Conner this week, mm-hmm. you probably want to start playing. Uh, a little bit more in the DFS space. So you listen to the show, you might as well subscribe. Also, rate and review t-shirt giveaway. If you leave a five-star review, you're automatically entered to win a 444 t-shirt. Extraordinarily comfy. I just wore mine for two straight days. And my wife came home from work today and said, what are you doing? Why are you still wearing that shirt? I was like, it's just really comfortable. And I'm tired. And I don't want to change. It's an awesome shirt. Who's this week's winner, TJ? And and they look good. I, I know it's mm-hmm. getting towards the end of the year because we really need to start thinking about uh, clothes, clothing, and, and branding. Because we just booked our we just booked our trips for uh, FSTA. Yeah. And if anybody's ever been to FSTA, they know that uh, four for four is known for Josh Moore's red tracksuit. And we got to step up our, our swag game. And if you want to step up your swag game, just leave us a five-star rating and review. This week, we got a nice review from the Joe Lewis brand. Left us a, mm. a great five-star review on there. Also, a really great uh, a screen name there, uh, representing the Joe Lewis brand. I'm just going to assume that's that's he's repping, repping the boxer, Joe Lewis. Um, 
But I don't know any other Joe Lewis's. Maybe it's his, maybe it's his name, but I'm just going to assume it's the boxer. Joe Lewis uh, Brand is his name. That's his name on on iTunes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joe, by the way, the uh, tracksuit thing is this is this every every FSTA the whole convention thing? Does he wear that or is that the he just broke it out? Josh Moore, our owner of the of the site, he just broke that out this year. No, we just got the four for four embroidered ones last oh. year, but he's been wearing the red tracksuit for uh, since I started going to FSTA. This is going to be my fifth or sixth one. But uh, Josh with the with the big red hair, big red beard, and big red tracksuit is the way to go. Uh, by the way, Joe Joe Lewis Brand, hit me up on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. I'll get you the details on how to get that free T-shirt. All right, we got our core plays coming up at every position here for the main slate in just a second. Then we'll have a theory segment. Uh, let's start with week 14 here. You got Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and I had to go back and remember Tampa, uh, the, the, the Bucks beat the saints in week one yeah. this year in a game that almost hit 90, 90 points and New Orleans not going to be happy. They're obviously playing so much better than they were the first two weeks. Yeah. I mean, the Browns ran them right to the wire as well, but Tampa Bay, New Orleans, we got a game total of 56 Casey Baltimore over under 53 and then what we got four more teams that are going to be flirting with 30. Yeah, a, a lot of uh for the second week in a row, a lot of teams with some pretty high scoring projections. Not only those four teams projected for over 29 points. Uh if we include the the full slate, not just the main slate, we have eight teams projected for at least 27 points. Lots of scoring, lots of value this week that we're going to get into. So the slate is one of the most wide open we've seen in I don't know, maybe 2 months. Mm. Well, let's start with the big man, Drew Brees, 8,500 on Fandles. Uh, what is it, 8,600 on DK? Or is he 7,600? Where is it? Uh, on DraftKings, he is at 6,600. Well, 6,600, yeah. You can't be 8,600 on DraftKings. That's impossible. Anyways, he's our top uh, value on both sites. Drew Brees on the road. It's almost like this year it doesn't matter, TJ. It's, I mean, it's been a thing in the past. It just doesn't matter. This offense has been so explosive, and he's just been so efficient. And you mentioned the, it seems like so long ago that, that these two teams played and it was, it was uh Fitzpatrick in week one that everybody was excited about, but the sustainability over the course of the season, uh, it's really been after Patrick Mahomes, it's been Drew Brees. If we look at fantasy points per pass attempt, Brees is, is up there uh, with Mahomes. Obviously this offense hasn't scored as much through the air because they have, uh, Alvin Kamara and and Mark Ingram that get to do some damage on the ground, but Breeze has made up for that with his efficiency, uh, despite that expensive price tag, eighty five hundred on Fanduel, sixty six hundred on DraftKings. We do project Breeze as the top value on both sides, and we have a lot of plays actually uh, in that upper tier of quarterbacks this week. But this one really stands out against Tampa Bay because of how bad Tampa Bay's been on defense, because of the the likely high scoring nature of this game, and. And Tampa Bay's been, they've been a little better against the pass of late if we look at something uh, like fantasy points per pass attempt over the last six or seven weeks. But still, they rank in the bottom 10 in those metrics. Uh, Tampa Bay's tied for the most 300-yard games allowed to opposing quarterbacks. They're one of six teams that have allowed multiple passing touchdowns through the air in at least nine games this year. So pretty much any way you cut it, this is uh, something we've been doing almost every week. You either target uh, the 
Tampa Bay quarterback, whoever's starting, Jameis or, or Fitzpatrick, it's been Jameis lately, or the opposing quarterback. There's just so much correlation pretty much in, in every Tampa game because of how bad their defense has been and how much they throw themselves uh, that Drew Brees is, despite his price tag, he's someone that is as safe as it gets and someone that you could actually get to fairly reasonably, although we don't often like paying up for quarterback. It, it's, it's not too hard to do it this week. You know, Breeze, again, it comes back to efficiency with him because he has mm-hmm. not been throwing the ball very much. In that yeah. first game between the two teams, he threw 45 times, 40 to 39 yeah. yards of three touchdowns. And then you look recently, I mean, his last four games, he hit 30 pass attempts one time. It's just that the guy is going out and shredding. It really is watching, uh, you're watching Drew Breeze at his finest later on in his career. So this has been a special season for him. And the weapons around him, I I have a hard time thinking he's had more weapons around him at any point in time in his career. And it's 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 finally been uh, early in the season. We saw it so concentrated on on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Uh, Mark Ingram hasn't been the Mark Ingram of last year, but he's brought another element to the offense. That's a big reason that we haven't seen Brees throwing as much. They've they've been more of, of a balanced offense, which. Uh, you don't necessarily need to be when you have a Drew Brees, but it works for this team. Uh, Traycon Smith has been up and down, but his ups have been very high. And then uh, guys like Arnold stepping up, uh, overtaking Watson, he's been valuable, especially near the red zone. So lots, just lots of options to go around. And obviously this team is just one that uh, that uses their players as well as any in the league. All right, so Drew Brees starts it off there. Then you go down to Deshaun Watson, Mm -hmm. 7,900 Fanduel, 5,900 DK, taking on the Indianapolis Colts. And, you know, if you look at it on paper, hey, the Colts defense has been better, TJ. The Colts defense has been better. This is not going to be a layup for Deshaun Watson. Uh, What's the truth about that? They have been better uh, if we look at raw numbers, but that's because that's one of the reasons we adjust for strength of schedule at 4 for 4 because – Obviously, if you just look at raw stats and, and someone like the Colts has been playing some bad offenses, their, their stats are going to look pretty good. They're, they're middle of the road if you look at their fantasy points allowed to quarterback, for example. But I wanted to mention Deshaun Watson here for a couple of reasons. One, because especially on DraftKings, he really stands out as a value priced down at 5900 kind of in, in a, uh, a log jam on Fandle at 7800 but still a really good value there. But my point was talking about the Colts if we adjust for strength of schedule the Colts actually rank last in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks and you kind of say how could that be if they're middle of the pack in raw fantasy points let's just go go down the list of who they faced in recent weeks and, and what those quarterbacks have done so going all the way back to week six Sam Darnold, who obviously isn't a great quarterback, at least not yet, 280-2 and two against them. Derek Carr uh, in Week 8 threw for three touchdowns against the Colts. Blake Bortles, 320-2. and two. Uh, A couple weeks ago, Ryan Tannehill threw two touchdowns, but that was on only 25 passes. So we've seen some very mediocre offenses over the past six or eight weeks uh, put up some decent passing numbers not great but if you adjust for how bad those offenses are some pretty decent numbers and and when we we turn that all into an adjusted number uh, it puts them last against against quarterbacks and on the flip side Watson has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks similar to what we talked about with Breeze not a ton of volume for Houston Uh, they do run quite a bit that has a little bit to do with Watson but Watson top four in fantasy efficient efficiency since week eight if we look at fantasy points per pass attempt and maybe most importantly 
100 rushing yards over the last two games, at least seven attempts in each of those games. Uh, so it's it, it looks like the injury was the chest injury that they are worried about earlier in the year. Looks like that's completely dissipated. They're letting Watson be a little bit more of the Watson we saw uh, last year. And this is the number that jumps out to me. Uh, 86% of the Houston Texans touchdowns have went through Deshaun Watson, either passing or rushing. He's accounted for the highest percentage of team touchdowns of any player in the league. So I just want to throw a couple other names out there. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, if you just say with my eyes, who's the worst defense that I've seen mm-hmm. and recently over recent weeks, it's Cincinnati. They're just horrible. They yeah. are sieve. They get completely crushed. I think Phil Rivers is in a, a spot where he could smash, but the price, you know, he's priced up. And the other guy to talk about is Lamar Jackson. So I think a lot of people will be on Lamar Jackson, um, maybe even in cash, just because he's going to Kansas City and taking on the Chiefs who have given up just a ton of uh, a ton of fantasy points and real points as well. You do have a rookie, though, going into Arrowhead, which to me is the toughest yeah. place in the NFL to play. Just extraordinarily loud and intimidating. Um, what's your take on Lamar Jackson? Because I think in the end, the numbers will be fine fantasy-wise. Um, I just hope that Joe Flacco is not ready to play yet. And if they're getting beaten up pretty bad and Jackson throws a couple of picks that he wouldn't be benched. You can't predict that, but what, what's your take on Lamar Jackson this week? I'm a little iffy on him. I think in the end he's going to pay off his salary, but there's a lot of things working against him. He's cheap enough that, that you can use him in cash because he's getting you so much on the ground that uh, he's going to be a very safe play. It's not. It's going to be hard for a player like Jackson uh given how they've been using him to not hit 14 to 15 fantasy points every single game. Uh, it, we've seen it so many times with quarterbacks that are, are very, very good on the ground. Even if they, uh, even if they aren't good passers, they're still going to get it done in the fantasy column. I think about uh, Cam so many years that he has, has really struggled throwing the ball. Uh, think all the way back, obviously Tim Tebow, one of the worst quarterbacks we've ever seen be be touted up but he's enough of a rushing threat to he he has 100 yard upside every time and if if you have that range of outcomes as a quarterback on DraftKings you're looking at 13 points right there from rushing alone given the bonus Kansas City they they do give up a lot of fantasy points but they give up low efficiency uh they they have a relatively high interception rate they get after the quarterback at a decent rate so it's it's I don't think Jackson is a ceiling play for all those reasons, even though Kansas City is a you, you look at the correlation and then Jackson, he's priced down on on both sites. But look at the other guys you can get. I just mentioned Deshaun Watson. He's only two hundred dollars more than Jackson on DraftKings. And then on Fandel, Jackson isn't even really that cheap. He's only two hundred dollars uh, less than Jameis Winston, who's going to be a popular play this week. I already talked about Drew Brees in that game. And again, three hundred dollars less less than uh, Deshaun Watson. And those are two players that I think can can put you over the hump in some weeks. Whereas I think if you're playing Jackson, it's really just for the floor. Do you think that there will be I mean, I, I have a it's not going to be five percent. What what if I said Predict the ownership for Josh Allen on main slate tournaments because Josh Allen's run for over 230 yards over the last two weeks, and he's facing the Jets this week. Just from running, do you think he'll be a little more popular in GPPs, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills? 
I mean, he'll be more popular than than the one percent he was last week, but also the one of the biggest uh, correlations in terms of of uh, ownership from week to week is is performance in the previous week. So we saw Josh Allen in the winning Sunday Million lineup. Uh, we saw him. I, I believe he eclipsed a hundred yards on the ground. So there's still going to be a stigma because it's the Bills offense and it's Josh Allen. Josh Allen just came in with so much hate this year that I think that will carry over. Um, but also people are, are just getting smarter in NFL and it's not going to go unnoticed that he is uh, number two among quarterbacks in, in fantasy scoring over the last three weeks. It is, I believe. So his ownership will probably push 5%. I don't think it'll exceed that. Um, and, and I've kind of already saw, Early in the week, as soon as salaries came out and going up to when we record this on Wednesday, there's been some chatter in the Twitterverse about Josh Allen. I still think he'll probably come in under 5% owned, but it'll probably be on on the upper end of that 1% to 5% range rather than that lower end. All right, very good. Let's move right along now. We got uh, the running back position, Mm -hmm. and it's all about uh, guys you weren't thinking about a couple of weeks ago. I mean, Jalen Samuels, who by the way, um, says that he's going to be in a timeshare with Steven Ridley. So just make sure you, you're you aware of that when you're going into it. You got Jeff Wilson, um, Jeff Wilson Jr. with the 49ers who came on and got some touches last week. And then Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson are going to be sharing the backfield with the Chargers. So those three situations, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and the L.A. Chargers stand out more than any of the other ones. I guess we should start with Samuels. 4,600 Fandle, 3,700 DK, a guy that really flashed great hands, catching passes out of the backfield. Uh, Much concern now that Steven Ridley is going to be in the mix and that it could be a legit 50-50 timeshare, or Ridley could actually pick it up and and just crush this week and take most of the carries. I'd probably say a medium level of concern because you're you're not paying much for Samuels here, uh, 4,600 Fanduel, 3,700 DraftKings, so you're eliminating a lot of that risk. Uh, we we saw, like you said, he's he's probably the more dynamic player, going to be more of a versatile pass catcher, and that's something that obviously this Pittsburgh offense values a lot. Uh, we've seen it only out of one back going back to Le'Veon Bell and obviously James Conner this season, very versatile. Uh, Jalen Samuels is going to be the running back between he and Ridley that provides that for them. And even if Ridley does cut into the the carry share a bit, or if they're 50-50 carry, I think where Samuels will separate himself is in the passing game. So I still expect Samuels to to have the uh, the upper hand in terms of total touches. And as we've been saying for much of the season, it's a situation where we get to attack one of the worst defenses in the league in the Raiders and a team that is just going to leave their opponents great game script. They've seen the fifth most running back touches of any defense this year, and a lot of that has had uh, to do with the fact that teams have just been ahead of the Raiders. So this is going to be an offense, the Steelers, that are in positions to score more often than not, which is obviously going to boost the floor and the ceiling of these running backs. And 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 Samuels is um, is who I expect to, to see more of the workload. So given his price tag, how cheap he is on both sides, and and the, the limited risk, you don't need somebody to have... 75 80 percent of the touches to to be valuable especially when they're priced down like this and and you have to remember when you're playing these type of plays uh it it doesn't 
you, you don't need those 20 touches. You would like to have it at your running back position, but when there's obvious value that opens up, which we haven't had in a long time, it's allowing you to get to studs at other positions, so it's still raising the overall floor of your lineup. All right, then we move on to the Niners and Jeff Wilson. Mm-hmm. So Wilson's 5,600 fan duel. I mean, wow, he's really priced up. 3,800 <laughs> on DK, and he's not priced up there. But you know, Wilson's a guy that was undrafted. You got Philip Lindsay, who's just taking the world over here in Denver, and he's undrafted. Now Wilson Jr., he's undrafted. Um, he's a pass-catching back. He's not a very fast. I think what he run the combine, I was looking at four, five, seven, four, five, eight. So he's not a burner or anything, but we know if you are in the Kyle Shanahan offense, the running back is going to get the ball out of the backfield. He's going to get the ball passed to him. Well, to me, Jeff Wilson in a pretty interesting spot this week. I do not love the matchup against um, the Broncos, but uh, he's definitely got to be in the conversation, especially on DK with that price and him being a pass catching back. And 5,600 is still affordable on Fanduel. It's still going to let you do uh, everything that you want to do. It's a, it's a site that even when you don't have the free square salaries are still pretty open. You can still jam in quite a few studs. So that 5,600 relative to uh, the salary cap isn't as cheap as the 3,800 on, on DraftKings for Jeff Wilson, but it is one that is, is very flexible. And Wilson uh, after Breda got got hurt. Wilson ended up with over two thirds of the running back touches. He accounted for forty three percent of San Francisco's uh, touches last week on on twenty three touches. And the matchup isn't good. Obviously, the Forty ers are underdogs. Denver is a very good defense all around. They rank in the top half of the league in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to every skill position. But again, the the price tag relative to the volume makes up for that matchup. There, there isn't anyone that's going to cut into his, his volume. And, and of these guys, uh, Jalen Samuels, Jeff Wilson, and then we'll get to the chargers back shortly. He probably has the safest workload in terms of touch share. Well, let's get to the next spot then, because Austin Eckler uh, with a little ankle issue is still practicing mm-hmm. and he had the majority of the carries last week, but Justin Jackson came in and looked spectacular. And again, the Chargers have the matchup of the week going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, and Cincinnati's going out west. That's an, I mean, that is a gong show on stilts out there. What a disaster the Bengals have turned into. And, hey, uh, Jackson got nine touches, ended up running for 63 yards off eight carries, scored a touchdown, had a grab for 19 yards, and, and now the chatter is at L.A. that he's going to be more of a part of the offense. I'm a little concerned about workload, but I do love the matchup. I do love the talent and man, um, I, it's going to be tough. I mean, if you're only playing one of these three guys this week, these three values, I feel like the guy with the most upside is this guy, Justin Jackson, because of his explosiveness. Sure. But this is all also the situation that I think has, has the biggest level of risk to it. I, mm-hmm. I mentioned uh, Jalen Samuels, probably uh, some medium concern. This one is it. I think the range of outcomes uh, in the chargers backfield is, is massive because last week we saw Austin Eckler, who's 6,700 FanDuel, 6,200 DraftKings. We saw him double up Justin Jackson's touches and Justin Jackson is priced way down compared to Eckler, 4,500 on FanDuel, 3,800 on DraftKings for Jackson. But 
on those fewer touches, we saw Jackson outscore Eckler by double-digit uh, PPR points. Obviously, was more explosive there. And you mentioned the matchup here. The the Bengals, they, they're they big underdogs, 14-point underdogs. That sets up well for running back game script. Uh, the Bengals are, are facing over 30 running back touches per game. That is, uh, that's the third most in the league. But the the concern here is we saw Jackson be more explosive and then coach uh, head coach Anthony Lynn came out and his comments were, were pretty concerning. Not only did he say that he wanted to, to give Eckler a little bit of a rest, but he specifically mentioned the fact that he was a big special teams guy and didn't say that they're going to pull him from that instead said, maybe we might want to give Justin Jackson a little bit more, uh, more love in the backfield might even see some, some Newsome uh, back there as well. So uh, could be three-way split there. I, what I expect to happen the most is Eckler's touch share to fall back after last week, Jackson to jump him a little bit. Newsom can make that uh, a little bit noisier than we like. As it stands right now, 4 for 4 has Justin Jackson out touching Eckler by five or six touches. And I, I think that's probably the best bet. You're getting a pretty big discount on Jackson, more than $2,000 cheaper on FanDuel, uh, almost $3,000 cheaper on DraftKings. So that risk is built in more to his price than Eckler's who whose price was already decently high because we we knew Gordon was going to be out last week uh and and it hasn't dropped from them because he he did see the bigger workload but uh big concern about Eckler but Jackson the ceiling guy here but the range of outcomes is is definitely concerning that all that being said I said the Bengals have faced the third most running back touches this year as big underdogs, it could be a situation. Both of these guys could reach 15 touches and they could both hit value. And it just kind of depends how many cash lineups you're playing, how many GPPs you're playing and and how you want to split up those shares. Um, But, but Eckler's the most worrisome here of this group. All right, let's look at the top shelf of the running back situation. I don't even know if you could throw Alvin Kamara in there anymore. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it really is bizarre um, after that Cincinnati game, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Dallas. I mean, he, he, first of all, on FanDuel, he hasn't hit 20 points in the last three weeks. And then on DraftKings, he's a little bit more valuable there. But I do not have him in the same class anymore as Zeke Elliott, Saquon Barkley, and Christian McCaffrey this week on the main slate. So, I mean, if you want to be contrarian and go Kamara with that great matchup this week, fine. But McCaffrey, Barkley, Elliott, those three guys – who stands out to you this week on the main slate? Uh, Zeke's definitely the one that stands out to me, and, and I don't even know if we mentioned K- Christian McCaffrey there, but there's there's a, a, a lot of of uh, there are a lot of ways to go because we have these cheap value backs. But Zeke, you're getting you're getting at a discount to both Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. He's uh, seven hundred dollars less less than McCaffrey on DraftKings. He is three hundred dollars less less on FanDuel. So eighty eight hundred on FanDuel, eighty six hundred on DraftKings. Those are prices that are. Uh, you can manage those on a regular week. It'll be pretty easy to get to that number on uh, on this week with the values we have at running back and elsewhere. And Philadelphia is a team that um, 
they're just they're just not the team we expected to see this year. We they they struggled for for most of the game against the Redskins last week. If we adjust for strength of schedule, the Eagles rank twenty uh, fourth against running backs. They're allowing the the fourth most yards per touch to the position. And Zeke and the Cowboys they don't have that explosiveness that we'd like out of our offenses that that give you that scoring ceiling. Um, they're never going to have a insanely high implied point total, but Zeke is, accounts for so much of this offense, and the matchup is, is so good this week. And he's priced down a little bit relative to those other top-tier backs that, that I give him the nod. He he and Saquon are one of two backs with uh, at least 50% of their team touches on the season. Over the past month, that number's up near 54% for Zeke. And I mentioned Dallas's implied point total. The kind of saving grace for him is that when the Cowboys get near the goal line, they run the ball top 10 in rush rate inside the 10 yard line this year. I mean, he's, he's every bit as strong as any of the other mm-hmm. names out there this year. And it's because he's added the, the added dimension of the passing game now. Yeah. I and mean, this guy's no longer a one trick pony. I, he could always catch the ball for whatever reason. It took uh, Jason Garrett a few years to figure out that he could actually do so, but he's a complete back now. And he's, he's right up there at the top and an all-purpose back, and he doesn't seem to get mentioned, though, in the same breath as the Todd Gurley's and Kareem Hunt before the whole debacle went down, but he's there. Yeah, I I think probably it's just watching the Cowboys. It's not as sexy. It's not as flashy watching them, but they they have Dak who's mobile enough that Un, I, I think Saquon is, is, is better all around because he's just so dynamic in the passing game. But at the same time, Saquon has to deal with Eli, who isn't going to be mobile, isn't going to extend plays. Zeke has that in Dak. And we'll see these drives from the Cowboys where it, Zeke might have the first one or two drives where the Cowboys just look bad. The Cowboys that we expect, Zeke has a few yards and then there'll be a drive where he hits value on one drive. He'll have 80 yards and a touchdown on one drive. They'll just feed him, feed him, feed him. And all of a sudden he has 15 FanDuel points. And, and you can say that about McCaffrey and Barkley, but again, you're getting the price discount on Zeke this week and Philadelphia has struggled against running backs. All right. So uh, that is the, the running back breakdown here for the main slate. Let's move on to the wide receiver guy. I think the guy that's, he should probably be owned 100% in cash, and I'll guarantee you he's up there in the 75 to 80% range as Keenan Allen. 7,900 FanDuel, 7,400 DraftKings. Again, targeting Cincinnati, targeting the worst teams here. And he's getting the ball a ton. He's got a high floor. He's got a ceiling. He's got everything that is absolutely lining up for a monster game. I There is not a player on this slate I feel more comfortable about putting into my cash game lineup than Keenan Allen, TJ. Yeah, his price is it's creeping up, but it's still not in that elite tier, but he's seeing elite volume. Keenan Allen, 7,900 on FanDuel, 7,400 on DraftKings, so still hasn't hasn't hit that elite $8,000 mark that we see from, from the DeAndre Hopkins and the Michael Thomases of the world. Um, but going back to the Chargers bye week, Keenan Allen leads the league in targets, leads the league in target share, and we we talked about the Chargers backfield already, who's to say that they just don't start throwing a little bit more, focus even more on Allen with with unreliable running backs without Melvin Gordon in there. This is a Chargers team. They're already top five in neutral passing rate since coming out of the bye. And 
you you briefly mentioned Philip Rivers. We we got a little more into Josh Allen than Philip Rivers, but you can argue that Rivers is the safest quarterback in the league. He's the only quarterback that's thrown for multiple touchdowns in every game this year. He's near the top in efficiency if we look at fantasy points per pass attempt. So you're getting a discount receiver that's having uh, that's seen ridiculous volume tied to an extremely efficient, extremely consistent quarterback without having to roster that quarterback. <clears throat> So if you want if you want that passing game but don't want to to pay for Rivers where there are other great quarterbacks at his price point, you can just get Allen and get a lot a very high percentage of that passing game. All right, so uh Keenan Allen number 1 mm-hmm. on the list here and then we'll move down. Move down um gosh, you know, let, let's let's not move down yet. I want to ask you there's so many other guys <laughs> that are attractive um, at the wide receiver position this week. I mean, yeah, it's very top heavy at wide receiver this week. Yeah. Between Antonio and Adams and Tyree kill. And don't forget about Beckham, Keenan Allen, Juju Smith Schuster, who I think is in a wonderful spot this week as well. Um, it's top heavy, right? So I don't, I don't even know if you need to go all the way to the top to get that type of production. And that's why you bring up Keenan Allen at 7,900 mm-hmm. on Fandle. Yeah. He might be the guy to be able to, to be the high scorer this week. Yeah, and and if we if we go through all, all of the top guys, we're kind of going to be splitting hairs. You can make an argument that that Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown um, are all jockeying for that wide receiver one spot. Tyree Kill in, in a tough matchup against Baltimore, but he can blow the roof off the place uh, on any play. But uh, but kind of in that mid tier with, with with wide receiver being so top heavy. I just wanted to mention that in that mid tier, I, I do really like Juju Smith Schuster and Amari Cooper because they're priced in a tier below and Juju has a really great matchup uh, against the Raiders, even though Raiders overall, uh, if we adjust for strength of schedule, their numbers look pretty good against wide receivers. They're, they're not, it's just it, other positions have been doing really well against them. And, and they're one of the worst teams in the league against the slot. And then you have Amari who, um, uh, is still his price hasn't really caught up to the volume he's been seeing since joining the Cowboys, uh, 25% target share over eight targets per game since joining them. So those are two guys in that middle tier that you could look at. And uh, after you get through all those top guys that, um, that we can talk about forever. All right. So the latest big injury, Emmanuel Sanders going mm-hmm. down torn Achilles. And that means there's a whole bunch of rookies, three rookies. The, it's gotta be the youngest wide receiver core in the NFL with the Denver mm-hmm. Broncos, Cortland Sutton, at 5,600 FanDuel, 4,500 DraftKings. And they're really talking up Deshaun Hamilton, 4,500 draft uh, FanDuel, and, and what is it, 3K? He's not yep. 3K. He's 3K on DraftKings? Wow. Uh, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. So with Emmanuel Sanders out, I think the safest bet would be to go to Cortland Sutton. It's, mm-hmm. it's somebody that all season long, really from the get-go, uh, Case Keenum has looked to down the field and in the red zone, and the end zone. So Sutton makes a lot of sense. Deshaun Hamilton has not done anything to this point, but all of a sudden the opportunity is really there for Hamilton. I think what's going to happen is that with this Emmanuel Sanders injury, the the uh, obvious move is going to be to Sutton. He's still very cheap, 5,600 on FanDuel, 4,500 on DraftKings, but uh, the wide receiver is so much different than a position like running back in that just because a, a starter gets injured, the next guy up doesn't necessarily come in and get that volume. There's just there's there's more ways to spread the ball around. We talked about it off air a little bit here that it's a good possibility that 
it's the backfield that benefits the most uh, from the Sanders injury. And I mean, we thought that we've seen it before with this very team. When, when Demarius Thomas got traded that next week, I believe Cortland Sutton was chalk and uh, he, it hasn't came to fruition. He's, he's seen over five targets per game since, since the Broncos buy, but it hasn't been a case where he's just taken over that eight to nine targets per game that Demarius Thomas was, was commanding. And that's the situation here. I, I don't know that there is a player that's just going to step in and absorb that entire 25% target share that, that Manny has on the season. Um, like you mentioned, Sutton's probably the safest play, but Deshaun Hamilton He's a player that he's already seen uh, 43% of his steps from the slot, according to Mike Clay. And that's a big reason that Sanders has been the go-to guy here is because he's transitioned to primarily slot position for the first time in his career. And I think especially this week that that's going to benefit Hamilton the most. I'd expect that Hamilton moves to the slot and he gets to face a San Francisco defense that's last in yards per target and last in fantasy points per target allowed to players lined up in the slot. And looking at that slot metric uh, from a team perspective rather than just the slot cornerback is, is so important because uh, we, we saw it last week. Um, I don't did chargers play Sunday night or Monday night. I don't remember, but it was prime time and Sunday night, yeah. Yeah, Sunday night. And at the end of the game, I believe it was Matt Harmon that was talking about uh, how often Keenan Allen got targeted because he was lining up in the slot and because the defense, it's its not just the cornerback that faces the slot. Sometimes it's a corner, sometimes it's a safety, sometimes you catch them off guard in a, in, in a, a package that they don't expect and they have to put a linebacker on the slot. So looking at the team level there is very important. San Francisco has been the worst in the league at that and, and Deshaun Hamilton uh, not a safe play, but very, very cheap. And Sutton hasn't separated himself to to where he's just automatically going to get double digit targets. So if you're looking for for a dart throw or or a player with a great matchup, Hamilton could be that guy this week. Yep, I'm I'm still starting to lean toward guys like Philip Lindsay mm-hmm. getting more work. Um, yeah, I think I love Booker. Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay, and, and I'm just smacking myself he helped me out in a tournament last week i'm just smacking myself for not putting him in cash i talked myself out of that um i don't know i don't think i'll make the mistake this week (laughs) but i I think booker's another guy too if you're just talking about tournaments if you're looking for if if they need to pass and they're a run first team um they might look at booker too so Mm -hmm. just a if just a, th- a stone throw there, I, I'm not saying go out and get Booker in all your lineups, but I am saying do a little work on it. And I, I do believe that the running backs are going to be even more involved in the passing game this week. It'll be it'll be really uh, intriguing, not only this week, but going forward, because this week we have the values that we mentioned that are, are probably going to be able to approach 20, 20 touches. So it's it's not. Booker probably isn't going to be that guy that separates uh, from the field at a cheap price. But if if everything goes to plan this week, those those value running backs uh, do it ex- do what we expect them to do. We'll see their price tags go up, and then if Booker if that doesn't happen this week, the it might take a week or two to figure out what they're going to do with all those targets. Maybe next week or the week after, when all of a sudden there there aren't uh, these cheap guys available at the position, then maybe we can get out ahead of that. But uh, it's, it's a really good idea because, like I said, it's, it's just not a situation where targets automatically go to the next guy up. Yep. Um, we mentioned Josh Allen. 
his favorite target, Zay Jones, 5,100 mm-hmm. FanDuel, 4,200 DraftKings. He's a Bills wide receiver. I get it. They're taking on the Jets, and he is getting a ton of targets. And it's 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 funny because at the uh, a few weeks ago, I believe it was week eleven, we did a a recent trends uh, theory segment, and the very last note that we made was that Zay Jones has been near the top of the league in terms of target share inside the ten. They are facing uh, quite a few defenses down the stretch that uh, have been sneaky bad especially in terms of, of efficiency through the air. And then all of a sudden we see J- Zay Jones pop up in, in the winning uh, Millie lineup last week. And I, I don't think this is chasing points here because Zay Jones is cheap, 5,100 Fandle, 4,200 DraftKings versus the Jets. Over the last month, Jones has the, the third highest target share. And that, was, that pod was about a month ago, so he wasn't even getting targets overall when we mentioned that. So maybe the Bills listen to this podcast. Uh, only... <laughs> only five play, only five players have more red zone targets uh, since week eight than Zay Jones, and the Bills are facing a Jets defense that ranks last wide receiver adjusted fantasy points allowed. The point that we made at the end of that podcast was we're looking for situations where there are trends that point towards a, a specific player or a specific either pass or run when teams have increased scoring opportunity and that's what the bills have this week they're projected for nearly a touchdown over their point per game average this year and then i it seemed kind of out of nowhere unless i just haven't been paying attention to the bills they released kelvin benjamin this week uh who who uh josh hermsmeyer has been calling redacted benjamin which is hilarious if you read his, his air yards column each week uh mm-hmm. so Kelvin Benjamin out of there now. So now it's it's the Zay Jones show. It is the Zay Jones show. And let me give a let me pour a little out for my homie Kelvin Benjamin, who, my goodness, what a promising start to a career. And mm-hmm. he might be out of the league for good here sooner and later. This is what a waste of talent. What a what a physical specimen he is, just coming out rookie year, him and Cam Newton, and he's just turned into garbage. What a bust. Yeah. But on on the flip side, shout out to Zay Jones because he had such an shout atrocious, sh- such a bad start to his career last year. Um, just horribly, horribly inefficient as, as a receiver. Obviously, that had a, a lot to do with with the team and quarterback. Uh, and then the off season troubles in the hotel uh, leading up to the season, which, which um, I, I don't I, I don't really remember the whole story on that. But it looks like he's kind of coming into his own. So it's it's fun to watch. Uh, speaking of the air yards. So we move on to tight end now, and we're done. Chris Herndon. They, they love Chris Herndon with yeah. the air yard. So uh, someone to throw out there. But uh, l- let's go. It's spending up a little bit at tight end this week. I think Travis Kelsey, let's see here, 8,000 FanDuel, 6,700 DraftKings. Let's start with him because in that, in that same price range, what you're talking about here is getting a number one wide receiver. And at this point, Travis Kelsey – Forget about him being a tight He's flex-worthy. He's whatever-worthy. Three out of the last four weeks, this guy, is, he's got 99 or more yards. He scored multiple touchdowns two of those four games. He had one game where he had 15 targets, 10 catches, 127, <laughs> and a touchdown. He is a legit wide receiver one playing the tight end position. And we've spent the better part of the season talking about how we don't like paying up for tight end. I, I believe we... We mentioned Kelsey last week, um, and it's to the point where the position is just forcing us to pay up for tight ends because we don't even have viable pump plays. Like after the 
the top four or five guys at tight end. They're just you're you're really we we say we use the the term dart throw so much, but everyone at tight end is just a dart throw. Like there's no consistency at the position. And as you mentioned with someone like Kelsey, you're getting uh, wide receiver one volume. There's enough value this week that we can we can afford it. And we have Kelsey projected as our top value at tight end on both sites. Um, that wide receiver one volume that you're talking about, fourth highest target share over the last month, not among tight ends across all positions. Only three players. I'm excluding Emmanuel Sanders because he's not in action this week. Only three players with a higher target share over the last month. And I, I talked about the tough matchup for Tyreek very briefly against the Ravens, but Baltimore funnels points to the tight end position. If we look at schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed on four for four, uh, Baltimore ranks in the top four against quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Against tight ends, they rank 25th. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's the soft spot of the defense yeah. right there. And then mm-hmm. there's Ebron. I mean, Ebron's getting double-digit targets. I mean, what, he had 16 targets last yeah. week? Yeah. So we've been waiting for Eric Ebron for years, and now finally Andrew Luck just loves this guy. He's absolutely in love with him. And the Texas defense, you know, they put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But here's another – another instance where you got a good defense, but there is a soft spot, TJ. It's And it's pretty crazy that they like Ebron so much, and, and I get that, that Doyle has been the guy uh, going back to the beginning of, of last year, but that just the fact – they like Ebron so much, they use him so much when Doyle's out, and then Doyle was there, and – Ebron was only in on like 40% of the snaps. Like why weren't they just running those guys out there together? But that's beside the point now because Doyle's gone. Ebron's back to his double digit target ways. And I, I said, we don't have very many value tight ends, but Ebron's still affordable. 6,400 on Fandle, 5,700 on DraftKings. Houston ranks 27th in uh, schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight end. So like you said, that's the soft spot on this defense. Um, and I mean, this is about as far as you can pay down and, and be comfortable there. There's some other guys. I mean, Brate's cheap, but Saints have been amazing versus tight ends. Uh, you, I, I think you briefly mentioned Lacoste. I don't know if that was here or when we were talking Probably about off it. the air. Uh, yeah, off the Lacoste, air, but, yeah. But that's I mean, he got zero targets last week, but he was on the field a lot and, and he's pretty much a punt. Um, but if you're if you're looking for cheap, uh, reliable volume, this is as cheap as it gets this week. I mean, there's so many punt options, though, right? It's like, why would you bother going down to Lacoste tight end? At other you... positions, you mean? Yeah, I mean, you can yeah, just jam right. in Samuels yep. and Wilson or whatever. Exactly. And, and then, you I mean, you already brought up Zay Jones. Right. Zay Jones isn't going to cost you much, and you're getting a ton of volume, just like last week with Bruce Ellington. I mm-hmm. mean, these guys, uh, hey, <laughs> although if you look at Zay Jones, he's blown up two of the last three weeks. He had a goose yeah. egg against Jacksonville, but man, he, he went for about 20 points against Miami and the jets Ellington last week. I mean, he was extremely affordable. He's just going to give you a floor, man. You're just, you're using them to try and get some more points elsewhere. So yeah, I, I, Zay Jones was a guy I was thinking about tournaments um, and having a a bit of exposure to, and I'm after listening to you talk about him and thinking about a little bit more, Zay Jones might actually be a nice guy uh, to run out there too. I just don't see the need to punt, at tight end this week when Kelsey and Ebron are just so good and they're putting up so many points and they're in good matchups. Mm-hmm. And you, I mean, if we're, we're talking about punt tight ends again, there's, 
they're really just dart throws. Uh, you can make a very strong case for Dan Arnold at, at basically minimum salary on both sites um, just because New Orleans has the ability to score so many points. But but again, just there there isn't a guy that you see that's like priced below the 5K range on FanDuel or below the 4K range on, on DraftKings that you can even you can even pencil in for more than three targets. All right, let's move on to the defenses. There's two viable ones. You got them both. First is the Chargers against Jeff Driscoll and the Bengals. And then uh, Mr. Butt Fumble himself has to go up against the Giants this week. How <laughs> desperate are the Redskins? They got to sign Man. Josh. Who was it? Josh, John, Josh Johnson, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From the San Diego fleet. You're down there in San Diego. How many fleet games? For, what is it? The Alliance of American Football. How many games you checked out over there, TJ? I've been to ask, uh I've been to exactly um, zero is how many I've been to. I couldn't re- I couldn't remember, but uh, I, I believe Johnson was also a USD guy. I might have that wrong, but I, I think he's he was uh, University of San Diego as well. Maybe was it under Harvard? It might have been. Mm, how about that? Well, I'll just say this: that if you're looking at a defense, I would I'd say you start right there in cash, and you kind of stay right there in cash. There's not too much reason. Yeah to go elsewhere because there's a legit, I mean, again, at the price for the giants this week with Mark Sanchez under center and the sheer volume of injuries Mm -hmm. that the Redskins off it, their line is decimated 3,500 Fandle, 2,500 DK. I mean, the giants just stand out more than even more than the chargers. Yeah. People are going to want the, the safety of the, the big favorite, uh, the chargers at 4,600 on Fandle, 3,500 on DraftKings are the biggest favorite of the week. They're at home. You have the Steelers at 4,700 Fandle, 3,000 DraftKings. They're double digit favorites. Uh, they have one of the best, uh, defensive lines in terms of getting after the passer. So those options make sense if you're just looking for a floor, but we have the giants who they've already been a good defense in real life, uh, especially against the pass and you're getting them so cheap uh, against the Redskins. The Giants are three and a half point favorites, but you're really just targeting a quarterback that uh, uh, Mark Sanchez, a third string quarterback and, and a guy that he hasn't had more than 100 pass attempts in a season since 2014. If we go back to the beginning of 2014, uh, 60 quarterbacks have attempted at least 300 passes. Only Deshaun Kaiser and Matt Castle have a higher interception rate than uh, Mark Sanchez in that span. So, He's he's gonna um, he's gonna try to throw against this defense and probably not going to do it very well. <laughs> there was, I, I Plexigo Burris is still a thing. I guess I forgot that <laughs> he was still around. Did you see what he said about Sanchez today? No, I haven't. No, I mean I, even Plex goes. I can't wait to see this quarterback play for the Redskins for the rest of the season. Mark Sanchez, let me grab my popcorn. Hashtag comedy for three hours. Hashtag. Ooh. Check down King. Yup. I said it. I mean, it's, it fits with what they wanted to do, right? It's, they went from Alex Smith to Colt McCoy to, to mm-hmm. Mark Sanchez. Why send any wide receiver more than five yards downfield? Yeah, there's no reason to do that. Um, <laughs> but I guess when he was with the jets that they just used to make fun of Sanchez so much in the room because he was so bad. And this week he's out there. Nice guy, affable guy, nice sense of humor. Doesn't make him a good quarterback. So mm. I like Could the get ugly. I like what the what's going on. With, then again, it is the Giants, but the Giants um, have been playing a little better lately. So let's move on to our game theory segment. Before we do that, though, I do want to remind everybody that um, fantasy football. Oh man, the season's winding down. It's kind of a bummer, but 
Four for Four has partnered up with DraftKings to bring you any of our Four for Four memberships for free. All you got to do is go to Four for Four dot com backslash DraftKings. Follow the instructions. You get full access to our most accurate rankings, our lineup generator, optimal lineups, premium articles, and other great features in our plan. All for five bucks. Then you can enter it in a contest to potentially win more. So if you want to access right away, go to 444.com backslash DraftKings and follow the instructions. Game theory this week. What are we doing here? Red zone expected value. TJ, what the heck is that? Red zone expected value is a metric that I came up with a few years ago and one that I I run out every preseason on uh, 4 for 4 to get an idea of guys that have scoring opportunity but uh preseason what we're really looking at is is guys that really over or underperform their expectation. Uh in season we could do the same thing but we could also use the metric just to find out who's getting real scoring opportunity as I mentioned at the top of the podcast uh one thing that we we mentioned is uh, is red zone opportunity, and and it's a number, whether it's inside the ten or, or inside the twenty, it's a number that uh, tells us what players are targeted or or use the most inside the red zone, or what teams pass the most inside the red zone, and that's because most of touchdowns come inside the red zone, inside the ten yard line, but it really doesn't tell us much in terms of of predictability because one red zone stats, like I said, they don't uh, discern between a play that's happening at the 19 yard line or a play that's happening at the two yard line. And also a lot of these numbers are, are season long numbers. So um, guys like Chris Godwin, guys like Gurley, even they're, they're propped up because early in the season, they were seeing so much volume near the goal line that they're still near the top of, um, of these numbers in terms of, of overall volume. But uh, if that doesn't, carry throughout the season then obviously those those numbers become a little bit obsolete so what this number does it, it basically is in one number we take the starting field position of every touch every opportunity uh, for these players inside the red zone we look at league-wide scoring average from that yard line and then we have an exact scoring expectation for every single player in the league based on their red zone opportunity not just looking at the raw volume number and then, like I said, once in a while, we can we can get an idea of which players, kind of similar to what we do with air yards at 4 for 4 look at this opportunity, look at players that have underperformed and who might be due for a bounce back. All right, so quarterback, last six weeks, right? You've got uh, yep. Goff, Ryan, Luck, and Newton. And mm -hmm. I'll just say this about Cam Newton, the shoulder is bothering him. Yep. Um, so just take that into account. But Goff, Ryan, and Luck, I mean – Come on, these are these are three of the elite fantasy options we got out there. Yeah, and it's it's not a surprise when we look at Goff because this is one of the um, this is one of the the high scoring offenses in the league. So if we look at the actual scoring expectation uh, of of Jared Goff, it's it's no surprise that he's at the top over the past six weeks in, in scoring expectation, and he's not on the main slate this week. But Matt Ryan is an interesting one because this is an offense that. Uh, has been struggling. A lot of people are down on the Falcons right now. But if we look at how the Falcons have um, been moving the ball and the way that they've been moving the ball, it's been through the air. And Matt Ryan is second in red zone expectation over the last six weeks to Goff. And that's despite 
the 11th most red zone attempts in that span. So again, that it's a perfect example of what we just talked about. You can't just look at these raw numbers and and get a scoring expectation because if we look and see that Ryan is is 11th on the list in terms of of uh, red zone volume over the last month, you might think, eh, he doesn't have that much scoring opportunity. But actual opportunity is second in the league. Uh, the reason it's interesting with him is because he has uh, some of the 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 most obvious touchdown regression in terms of of he's scored below expectation. Um, so they. Falcons have been near the goal line. They've been throwing a lot, uh, but they just haven't been converting those opportunities into scores. Now, Matt Ryan is still the only quarterback in the league that has accounted for 80% of his team's yards and at least 80% of his touchdowns at the same time. And sure, they're away. They're in Green Bay, not in the comfort of the dome, but in a spot 49 and a half point over under. Uh, maybe a shootout, and the Falcons have been throwing. So we see the the numbers tell us Matt Ryan has had a lot of scoring opportunity of late, just hasn't been capitalizing on it. So let's move on to the running back position. Of course, Christian McCaffrey atop the list. couple guys uh, that I find interesting, James White, Peyton Barber are mm-hmm. both here. They're looking good. And, you know, White, obviously uh, lesser ownership because Burkhead was coming back last week. But Peyton Barber is just the redheaded stepchild of starting running backs. Nobody <laughs> wants to play that guy. Yet, he's getting touches. And th- these guys are interesting because if you look at the top of red zone, uh, the, the expectation for uh, these these guys, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. The usual suspects are, are near the top. Christian McCaffrey's actually been blowing the field away over the last six weeks, and he's capitalized on that. He's been having some very good games. But right behind those guys, if we look at, at uh, red zone expectation, James White and Peyton Barber both in the top seven over the last six weeks. Uh, White is worth mentioning because last week Rex Burkhead came back, really threw a wrench in that uh, that backfield. But if you're going to say that there's a, a player that has a, a cemented role in that backfield, it's White and because it's because he's the pass catching back there. And even with Burkhead back, uh, White still led the team in snaps and he's he's actually especially interesting because we we didn't even mention Tom Brady with the quarterbacks but if we looked at the quarterbacks that have scored the furthest below expectation uh, over the past six weeks it's actually Tom Brady he's he has zero red zone touchdowns on his last 27 red zone passing attempts he's he's scored a couple passing touchdowns but they've come from outside the red zone he's typically one of the most efficient red zone passers in the league when it comes to scoring and new England's projected for 27 points versus a dolphins team. That's allowing extremely high passing efficiency. We saw it versus uh, Josh Allen last week. So him and James white, both guys that have been getting the opportunity just haven't been capitalizing on it. And then you mentioned Peyton Barber uh, right up there, right really close to Zeke and Todd Gurley, actually, if we look at where his touches are coming from inside the 20 over the past week. But so many people are, are focused on Tampa Bay and New Orleans passing games, especially Tampa Bay's. But both of these teams right now over the past six weeks, the time span we're talking about, rank the top third of the league in uh, rush rate in neutral game script. So Maybe this game is a little bit slower than we expect. I'm I'm not going to have like 15% Barber or something, but if you're going in on this game, it, it might be a good idea to have one or two 
plays where you leverage it with Peyton Barber or add him to a game stack. Uh, and then another one that pops up really high on the list is Doug Martin. Now, he might not play uh, this week. He's questionable, but uh, Jalen Richard has, has been very efficient with his touches. The Raiders just signed C.J. Anderson. So uh, Raiders have surprisingly been offering a, a decent amount of touchdown opportunity to their running backs, even though this offense isn't very good right now. You know, Peyton Barber, again, I go back to this, and I watched a lot of that game last week because I had, I actually bit the bullet and went with Jameis Winston and cash, and mm-hmm. it didn't burn me for one, so I was kind of happy <laughs> about that. But I'm just going, Peyton Barber, not an extremely talented guy whatsoever. He's a guy, though, that has been given a lot of opportunity, and he scored a touchdown in three straight weeks. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging less than four yards per carry. He's getting, he's averaging about a target a game in the passing game, but he's getting work inside the five-yard line. Look at this, 16 carries for 45 yards last week. Are you kidding me? (laughs) But we don't care about that. We don't care. All we want him to do is score fantasy points. And I don't think the ceiling is there, TJ. He's had one game against the Giants um, in PPR. He had 19, but besides for that, but he's actually he's got kind of a floor right now. I know you're talking about playing him in a tournament, maybe with a little bit of leverage. He's going to score. I just have a problem thinking that he's going to do much of anything else. Maybe pick up a mm-hmm. touchdown, get you 50 yards, and and call it a day. Yeah, and and that's not. Um, I mean, if if that is the line that he gets, it's it's obviously not going to be uh gpp winning but uh the, the hope is that maybe he falls into the end zone twice but like these numbers <laughs> say the, the the opportunity's been there at least and and I, I think it's something the point of this exercise is to point out some some uh opportunities that might be going unnoticed and, and that's one that i think is definitely going unnoticed i mean you're right he's he is getting the work right there and and hey this i like this game theory i told you i like this because you're talking about a stat that <clears throat> really isn't widely known by a lot of the fantasy community. Mm-hmm. This is good stuff here. Let's go to wide receiver. Kenny Galladay um, just stands out big time at the wide receiver position. And then, of course, Adam Humphreys, who I was not a believer in until two weeks ago, and that's it. I'm in on Adam, on, on Humphreys, on Adam Humphreys. Him and Godwin, that that passing game, Mike, Mike Evans, come on. I thought Mike Evans was the best <laughs> wide receiver out there. you got a couple options right now that are much cheaper that have every bit the chance of putting up better numbers than Mike Evans. Sure. Um, Galladay that there, there isn't much to say other than that. He's just been being used at an extremely high rate over the last six weeks. Uh, he has the highest red zone expectation scoring expectation of, of any wide receiver by a pretty significant margin. And he's been scoring pretty close to expectation, but the, the usage usage is, is higher than anybody's right now. Adam Humphreys, he's fallen behind Godwin a little bit in terms of snaps over the past couple of weeks, but led the team in targets last week, top 10 in red zone scoring expectation over the last six weeks, as well as top five in red zone targets, eight red zone targets in that span. So uh, a, a lot of opportunity there for him and and we are already mentioned barber i don't think humphreys is is going to be a a low-owned leverage play but uh someone that you should definitely pay attention to because it it's not fluky that that he's been scoring the opportunity has been there for him and sometimes uh sometimes these exercises are are good just to uh to confirm that we're not chasing points because that's something that could be very dangerous in fantasy uh, if we look at receivers that have been scoring under expectation, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, tied for the lead league in red zone targets, but over the last six weeks, 
the the most uh, points below expectation, one of the best matchups in the league versus uh, the the Raiders in the slot. So if if he does bounce back in terms of scoring, it could be this week. You love the juju. I don't blame you. I do love I mean, the juju this week it, a lot. It's a, it's a great matchup, and he is getting a ton of opportunity, and here you go. Now you got the uh, the red zone numbers to back it up. Tight end, last but not least, tight end. I mean, it's 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 Kelsey. Yeah, not surprising. And it's Ertz. I mean, that's, that's the two guys yeah. that stand out here. But I know there is another name you kind of wanted to throw out, and he's tied to uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, and it's not it's not uncommon that when we when we do this analysis that there if if a a quarterback is well below expectation that there's at least one if not more uh, receivers that are below expectation and the one that stands out for the Falcons right now is Austin Hooper second among tight ends in expected red zone scoring over uh, over the past six weeks even though he's not. Uh, at the top of, of red zone targets, he's up there and, and they've been coming close to the goal line, have, haven't been able to capitalize on them. But again, a, a game with, with a high over under um, and one where I don't think people are going to be looking to uh, this passing offense very much. And I believe Julio mispracticed today. We're recording this on Wednesday. So that could be a story leading into the weekend. And then uh, Kyle Rudolph isn't on the main slate, but among tight ends over the last six weeks, the the most points below scoring expectations so he has been getting some looks near the goal line just hasn't capitalized on it but um only kelsey hooper and gates with a higher expectation over the past six weeks than rudolph so maybe someone to look to especially if he doesn't find the end zone this week in prime time that's it my man you got anything else you want to say before we get out of here uh just that we still have a lot of dfs left in the season uh still pretty much two months and if you want to try out dfs four for four has everything you need our price is only 39 dollars, and you can get an additional 25 percent off by using the promo code dfs mvp if you give us a five-star rating or review we'll enter your name uh into a contest to win a free four for four swaggy comfortable t-shirt and if you like us so far you can follow us on twitter i'm at tj hernandez Holden Kushner is at Holden Radio. Next week's week 15. We'll talk to you then. Shit, the girl. That is, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot.